0: You're listening to coverage of the 2021 Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Once again, welcome back everyone. Uh, It's great to have you back with us again. And uh, we do have another uh, very interesting panel today. And uh, the name of the presentation is Perspectives from the Other Side. But before we go into our panel, I wanna share our opening CE code. And that CE code is 54082. Again, opening code, Five four zero eight two. So, uh, with with that said, uh, our, I'll talk to you about our panelists here, and a couple of them may be still dropping in. But uh, uh, Sandy Alvarado uh, is one of our panelists today. Uh, Debbie Pert is another panelist. Uh, we have. Karen Blackowitz and Linda Allison, and I know Linda is not feeling quite up to par, so uh, we'll be very conservative with uh, what we hope to hear from Linda. But I, I know she'll have something to share, so um, so yeah, let's uh, let's uh, start out our panel discussion. And who would like to start out with a couple words here first to get us started?
0: I'd like to just welcome you know Sandy, Linda, and Jesse. I think it's. Uh, r- r- Makes me feel proud and privileged uh, to have their perspective. And um, we, when we, our convention committee was searching for this panel, we wanted the best of the best. And uh, it just happened to turn out that the best of the best are four females, four women that have been in the program for quite some time. And we're really uh, feeling proud and privileged to have them represent. Uh, not only RSA, but all of the Randolph Shepherd program. So, with that, um, uh, and uh, Karen um, was going to be on the panel, but she may pop in, but uh, she uh, purchased a new home here recently. And the uh, and last I heard today is uh, she's having a crew over to help remove. So, uh, she may pop in or out. We'll decide to play that one by ear. But uh, with that, I'll turn it over to um, Sandy, Linda, and Jesse. Yeah. Sandy,
1: maybe you could uh, start us off with uh, just sharing a little bit about uh, how you wound up in the program and maybe uh, your perspectives from there.
2: Sure. My name is Sandy Alvarado and I'm from Nebraska. I am the current elected chairperson for our committee in this state. and I participated back in Sagebrush and I really enjoyed my time there speaking and listening and and learning all kinds of stuff i think i've been in the program about 11 years and when i first came into the program i was just doing vending i didn't even participate in anything with the committee didn't understand anything about it didn't care to um i'll i'll say it our at that time our state's program was pretty sad. Um, training was nothing uh, good thing I was uh, self-motivated. By the time it got into about six months into my time frame we our state did start to consolidate some of the smaller sites to make them like a bigger route for a better financial opportunity for our blind folks. And in order to do that, I did need to attend a committee meeting and you know, kind of get permission to do all that. You know, the SLA was doing what they needed to do. And from that point, I got a little more involved with it. And I, unfortunately, out of all of our vendors at that time, there was two females and the rest were all males. And they were unfortunately... It, All older males. Uh, And as we've all probably experienced at some point in time, there's different mentalities at different ages and different experiences. So I was chosen when I decided that I wanted to be part of the committee. uh, I was secretary. The previous female we had was the secretary, but she left the state. So there go. I was the only other female in the state for a very long time. It just so happened that I'm ambitious enough or outspoken enough that when our committee chair decided not to run again, um, I decided to run and then was elected to be the chairperson. And I've been in that position probably a good eight years, I believe. I have seen the program change and become so much better than it used to be. And we now have, actually on our committee, we actually have three females. And uh, we are all in the uh, hierarchical part of the uh, committee. I have female chair, female vice chair, and female secretary. (laughs) And we have about 16 vendors across the state right now still trying to work on getting more people to be interested in the program uh it's been great i've tried to always be a uh, support especially and especially any new female vendors um just talking them through helping them out well any new vendor as far as that goes i do my best i feel it's my job to help if they have questions that they don't feel that they want to take up the time with the sla or just want to have experience Talking to them, that's that's kind of what I do. But yeah, I've been pleased with the uh, evolution that our state has come through on all aspects, actually. We have a really good relationship with our SLA.
1: That's great. Can you um, expound a little bit on uh, what you've seen? You've talked about a little bit about what you've seen in improvements in your state and how you feel it's a better program. Uh, give us a maybe from your perspective, your examples of how it's better. What changed?
2: What changed is we had some changes in staff at the SLA for the BEP program. And we also had, uh, we had Pearl Van Zandt as our director for executive director for the uh, commission for the longest time. And she was always such a wonderful advocate and then she kind of assigned um, Carlos Carlos Cervan. he was our deputy director at the time, to kind of take over and we started revamping. And him and I did a lot of revamping of our operators agreements, um, wordings, we were going through our states, um, Minnie Randolph-Shepard, and Trying to make sure we all understand on the same page what each section meant, where we might need to see some improvements, when we should um, approach our legislature and try to get some changes, which we managed to, at one point in time, the blind licensees, the EPU program was considered a preference um, we've now gotten that to a little bit more of a priority, so we are having more opportunities given to us when these old um, permits are are running out, and then we have you know first refusal and things like that. And we we went through some bad times where some places were closing, and then we've gotten them where we got the permits back. A lot of advancements. One of the big things is uh, getting you know, maintaining our old sites, but getting some new sites. We've now have operators in some of our prisons, uh, still trying to find enough good people. Cause unfortunately some of that is uh, subcontracted out because we don't have enough blind folks to become interested in the program. We need to really hit the young people. I think we also Got the cafeteria and the vending on the new Stratcom headquarters out at Offutt Air Force Base. Uh, I run the uh, vending side of it. We have another young lady lady in training to do the cafeteria. She just needs a few more skills, and we're working on getting her trained, but I'm there to let her know she's got support from the committee, since we're at the same location, more or less just an overall um during the pandemic as a prime example we were one of the few states that actually expanded Mm. we had many things in the works that were delayed and delayed but we most of our at least half of our operators expanded their site either by getting additional to their existing ones or we had a couple that retired and so we brought in some new folks to take over and you know income wise at least half of our folks made more income during the pandemic year than the previous year and a lot of it was the expansions that our sla was forward looking enough you know we had va places coming open and uh, more of the unfortunately with the prisons they were getting ready to open and then of course they stopped visitations and things like that you know it would have happened sooner, but we still were able to slowly open up some things during the pandemic year. So, our, And our SLA really worked hard to support us during the pandemic, thinking of ways that they could, like when we did start reopening. Not everybody's open yet, but a good portion of us are. And to more or less have what we dubbed restart up um, stock. And support on waiving our um, set aside for like three months. And those of us who had to pay utilities, you know, waiving that for us for three months. And they, they're just always very supportive. And it since they know the ins and outs and the rules, I mean, we'll give them thoughts. And then, well, this is what we're thinking. Is it possible? And they'll go and they'll research. And if it is, then we'll hold a, a bigger discussion. and. We all finally received our uh, our funds from the uh, FRRP. I, I always call it the vegetable soup um, with all those different letters and everything else. Uh, we recently received ours when our plan finally got approved. We were, they were being so careful. They didn't want to have to submit it twice. So being very watchful of what was going on in uh, Carol Jenkins is now our deputy director and Carlos Servan is our executive director. So Carol was working very hard and seeing what other states did and making sure we get it done right the first time instead of having to delay and definitely listen to us. And it, it was just all like um, the gentleman said prior to this. Uh, Here's what you got to do, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. You have to figure it out. We'll let you know if we like it or not. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah we we saw we did we presented they thought it was good they'd go and look like nope they're not accepting that okay <laughs> so they've just gotten so much better at working and working for us operators too and uh, of course they've had a lot of cutbacks on their own you know i think we all did with the pandemic on all aspects and still working as hard as they can with a smaller amount of staff they had and no offices and budget cuts across the board for stuff. So it's definitely, I feel like they're more for our operators than they were before. Cause like I said, my husband is my helper and he helped another blind person prior to that and he knew she was going to quit. So he suggested that maybe I think about doing that instead of the job I was doing before. So, that's how I got into it in the first place, you know, and they have requirements for your math skills and in writing skills and things like that. So, I took that exam and, and all that and we got started with it, but I didn't really have any training. You know, my husband knew how to load a machine. I'm like, well, my, loading the machine is the easy part. It's all the other business aspect of things. that really was pretty sad at the beginning, because here's how wonderfully I got trained. I didn't know I had to pay my sales tax every month to the state of Nebraska. I didn't pay anything until three months later. So, you know, it's just some of those basics that need to be known. And if I have someone that decides to shadow me or follow me, and I I tend to want everyone to know everything. I'm totally transparent, so I probably overwhelm them with information. So I need to learn to do little doses of information it's kind of like well but i want them to see what they're getting into so they know what they need to do but yeah that's that's how i think the changes have definitely become so so much better in our state than when i first started and that's quite a bit of change in just 10 years
1: It, it, it sounds like it and uh I uh, heard one piece of that that kind of fascinates me a little bit here. You were talking about the fact that you're now working on being in prisons. Uh, was there a change in your law that allowed that to happen? Or that just wasn't a connection that was made in the past? Or how did that happen?
2: I don't think it was a connection in the past. And then our um, commission ended up having a person that came from that um, portion of the business side of stuff and so she had connections and got got the communication started and then you know working on getting them to accept us in there and of course safety and all that other stuff that we have to prove that you know it's okay and we're not in where the prisoners are it's just where visitation is and it's um it was just kind of getting started we had a couple of our vendors that were just really getting started with it and then the pandemic hit Sure, because we had to get the machines and you know all you know, all that coordination. You all know how that works.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely.
2: Well,
1: great. Uh, would you be uh, willing to take a couple questions at this point? Sure. Okay. Is there anybody out here who has a a question for our panelists?
3: I have a question for you. This is Artist. Yes, artist. I just wanted to ask. Uh, do you think uh, there are more concerns from women getting into the program than men. I guess that was my uh, uh, thought, especially, you know, if they have children, et cetera. I don't think so much in
2: our state of Nebraska, perhaps in other states. I don't know. But I always encouraged any female blind person I'd know, I'd talk about the program and all that. But, you know, we have good leadership in just our SLA, too, that are female. So I think well unfortunately too i think most of our uh, operators are older and don't have small kids i did when i first started but that's where my husband was a help where he'd you know be the the watcher of the child and drop me off or school time and we'd work at those times um, just having support in your own family too is obviously very important um, but no i don't well, feel i think it's that that more-
3: perhaps it's worse if you have to go to another city to get your training i think that might be more of the problem sometimes in some states
2: yeah that could be
3: okay amber so i'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this question but i kind of you know this this carried over from last time why do you think the, the and this applies to the program as a whole why do you think the military is getting to be more adverse to blind managers being on their bases I don't
2: think they're getting more adverse. I think they've always been. But why have they been that way? Because they're men. (laughs) Really? That's it? (laughs) That's it? Um, Historically, think about it. (laughs) Just just historically, think about military and men. And, I mean, well, I saw something the other day that said clear up until 2010. Women couldn't battle on the you know, couldn't participate in any battles in the military. And that's not that long ago. No. Because of that whole attitude of I don't know, wanting to protect and I think it's probably a good thing I can't see the people that I walk past on the in the building. (laughs) And I think it's been a really good thing that I've been able to wear a mask so I can make faces and nobody can see.
4: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and when we stop wearing them, I'll probably get in trouble because I won't have the mask and I'll forget. Uh, um, you can keep no, it on. <laughs> right, right. I choose to wear this. Um, I think it is just a lot of the the old-fashioned male mentality of military Military has its own mindset. Now, I'm so grateful my husband wasn't um, changed in anything like that because he is ex-military, but he's definitely very open-minded about a lot of things. Um, And then I also think part of them, what is it, um, the other group, uh, Ability One, I think they've been around and in there because they want to take, care of people and give people opportunities and I don't know if it's just with some of the challenges and the I mean they, they cover all disabilities in ability one. Um just thinking I have to take care of it. I mean how many times have you all been stopped like oh, don't cross that street and it's kind of like uh oh, I can cross the street. Um you're so amazing you can cook food. Yeah I don't want to starve thanks <laughs> um one thing I love is my husband's done this all so pointed out to me. He goes, oh, look, there's a blind person. Do you think you know them? I go, oh, look, there's a sighted person. Do you know them? We are in a community, but I don't know everybody as much as I'd <laughs> like to. But it, it just comes down to a mindset. Now, I'm a, I'm 55 years old, so I'm kind of with an older group-ish that grew up and dealing with a lot of that. Uh, just male protective and i understand it but we have to work on being gracious like our gender and it demands us to be sometimes um to be gracious and try to as long as they think it's their own decision but we've kind of started the seed and made it grow it works right it doesn't matter who really originated it as long as change can happen um ah just becoming more into the business business side of things i mean it's always been a male dominated situation um, for a very long time and in just recent history you know just thinking 40 years is still recent history for changes and opportunities for women even in uh, equal pay is still an issue um i have a 17 year old daughter that i'm try to support her she kind of ran into a little situation at her place of employment And I said I will let you do the choosing but if you choose to do nothing I will go and make the decision for you. Her (laughs) male counterparts who had worked less than she did was getting raises and I had to explain to her I'm sorry this is life but you have to stand up for what you want and what is right. So she uh, she ended up getting a better raise than anybody else. (laughs) But yeah it's just being, being strong, understanding that that mindset, especially in the military, can be there, and you know sometimes forcing someone to make a change is difficult too. And I think that can sometimes be with the military; they're the ones that's you know protecting our country and everything else, and so they they have a harder time with uh, accepting change.
1: Well, very good. I I, I, I know that uh, our other panelist is not feeling the best, but maybe we could get a few words from Linda.
4: Well, I'm sorry. I sound like, um, um, oh, you know, the dude that used to play Dracula uh, back in, uh, you know, (laughs) while I'm I'm going to send you a medal after today
1: here. You're (laughs) fighting through it. And boy, fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience about getting into the program and, and, uh, especially where you are now in, in that facility, uh, what uh, challenges you face as a female?
4: Okay. Um, let's see. So for a quick, um, backwards flow, I, I taught French for 16 years to college level, uh, got to the point where I was unable to keep up with the grading, couldn't get the school to do the, uh, necessary accessibility. So I stopped teaching in 2012 and, uh, um, a good friend of mine was a vendor in the Tennessee Business Enterprise Program. And he said, you, you really ought to think about it. And I looked at it and was like, mm, you're flipping nuts. He said, no, no, think about it. So, um, about a year later, we revisited it again. And um, after a heart-to-heart with him, in 2015, I got accepted into the program without problem. Which was hilarious because I was the only girl. Um, the class before me was three guys. And um, the guy that was going through with me, there was um, one guy, from, he was from um, Paris, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, it was really uncomfortable. I think more so for him than me because, you know, uh, here's this weird little skinny, any of those who've seen you all know, that have seen me, I'm a little skinny white woman. You can't get more skinny than what I am. Um, so I look like, you know, a poster child for hunger relief. So I make people nervous cause I'm tiny and, um, you know, they're looking if I'm going to break myself when I'm, you know, proving that I can move cases of a drink and I grew up on a farm. I can move whatever the hell I want to, oh, pardon my language. Um, but, uh, you know, so there, there was a little bit, the biggest problem I had was butting heads with the teacher and I loved him. Do not get me wrong. Wonderful, wonderful man. And I'd take his class again in a heartbeat, but the one thing I could not get across to him was get me out of JAWS. I need Zoom Text. Well, no, they said you needed to learn JAWS. No, no, you don't understand. I'm 52 years old. All I have ever done is visual. Get me out of JAWS and get me into Zoom Text. Nope. The last exam, the last exam he gave me access. And then he said, oh, you're right. Really? How could I possibly know what I need, you know, Um, accessibility-wise? So, (laughs) But, but, you know, otherwise, you know, the class was very fair. Um, I thought it was well done. Uh, They're currently in Tennessee. There are about, I don't know an exact, exact number. But roughly, what I could come up in my head was about thirty out of ninety-six, and I, I texted someone to verify that to see if I was in the ballpark. And I was told that yes, I'm in the ballpark. So roughly a third. Now, here's here's the cool thing of those ladies. Two of them that I know, one I know really well, um, have the biggest grocery stands in the state, and um, I mean, and they earned them, and they are. Uh, extraordinary at what they do and how they run their business. It's just, it's really neat because even though there, there is a lot of sexism, I'm not saying it's not there. Um, my favorite part is when I started at my facility. Oh, let me get there. I got my, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like a fly. Um In December of 2016, I got earned my license. And I ended up doing a temp. And that was actually the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. It was way, I was way in over my head, did not need to be there. Um, but it was learning experience. So once that the contract was up on that, then, um, I put in for where I'm at now, which I have nothing but glowing reviews for. Um, but, uh, it is what's more nuclear plant in, uh, spring city, Tennessee. So I get to work around giant generators and, Little deformed animals and, um, which I'm sad to say that's true. But, um, I've never seen so many deer in my life. It looks like a weird little wildlife preserve, but, um, it's a great facility. Um, the biggest problem is the sexism. Um, even from the females, um, I get condescending phone calls and, uh, telling me that my machines are empty and I know. Good and blasted well because I'm sitting there looking at a picture (laughs) from the day before where that machine is full, and I was like, "Oh, are you bringing Godzilla in overnight? Because um, that machine is completely full." (laughs) And um, just busting our chops whenever they get the uh, the opportunity to do so because they think because I'm a female they can do that. And my my favorite incident was I had only been there about four weeks, and my dad was helping me. And a customer come up and start talking to my dad, and I turned around and was listening to the conversation. My dad let the guy finish, and then he turned around and said, "You do understand she's the one in charge, right?" And um, the the expression on this guy's face was priceless. It was worth everything, just looking you know the proverbial pound of fecal matter to the face, because um, he was expecting the six foot four man to be in charge, not the five-foot-six skinny lady. So, um, you know, it's just it, it weird. and I've got an attitude from drivers, from delivery, and, you know, and stuff. And I just look at them and go, well, I, I really appreciate your opinion, and thanks for sharing it, but that's not going to change the fact that you sorted my order. You need to adjust my bill, and um, then I'll write you a check. So, there, you know, it's just... Um, it's attitude and like um, like the lady from uh, Omaha, and I'm so sorry, I'm having brain damage, was talking about the military. My father was um, in the Air Force. So for the first few weeks I was there, I got a lot of, you need to go over there and sit down. And I'm like, Dad, you don't have a clue what you're doing. Yeah, yeah you need to go sit down. And I'm like, Dad, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, you just need to sit down and let us take care of this. I'm like, um, okay, I spent um, four to six months you know, going through all this mess, so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, that's uh, a precious thing. But uh, anyway, um, attitude is, is really fun, and I like to play with them. I can't say that I don't. Um, if I can mess with with some of the attitude, I do. Because um, I'm just kind of sadistic that way, but um, but overall, Tennessee Business Enterprises has a really good program, and um, the blind vendors, the committee of blind vendors, has several women on it, and um, I, I have to say I'm a little embarrassed if I have not gotten into that like I should. Uh, here in the last year, I've started attending meetings and so on. But, um, I had heard so many, let's just say things that I did not want to get involved with that were going on in that particular committee, um, that I chose to stay away until I thought things were more favorable and, um, things have gotten that way. And there, it is a good group of people. Um, I can't complain about that. Um, so I am so sorry for blathering this, does anybody have any questions and all that mess? Linda, so um, you, you see uh, you're
1: telling us that you have a good program in Tennessee, and I, I do believe you. Um, yes. Have you seen change since you've been involved with these folks in, in Tennessee? Do you, do, you, uh, do you think program is getting better, or have you seen changes at all?
4: Well, that's a really fun question. I have seen both directions. Okay. Okay. Um, the one, the one, somewhat positive is an alternate way of uh, taking the classes, um, because before you had a choice. You, you basically you had to go to Morristown, which is um, in the eastern part of the state, forty-five minutes east of me. So it's, um, it's out, you know, kind of in the mountains, and um, most people, uh, you know, are not free to go and spend three months straight, you know, chilling in Morristown. Um, but I believe they have opened up some other options and, um, where, uh, where it's easier to do, um, some online, um, virtual, um, study. And I I think that that's definitely a benefit because we have a lot of people coming out of West Tennessee, Tennessee is such a weird shaped state. Um, North to south, it's really, really short, but east to west, it's, you know, like 400 and something miles long. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you live in Memphis, it's, you know, a 400 and something mile trip to go take the classes. But, um, that, that's, that's one definite, uh, improvement. Now, there's still some things that have been discussed. And, um, I haven't heard an update lately on them. One of those things was, um, there was some scuttlebutt, okay. Some complaints, uh, brought before the committee of blind vendors about the SLA, not, um, not fulfilling its duty in the acquisition of new facilities. Now, um, I can say that that has been a complaint for a very long time. Um, I have a friend that was in the program 20 years ago that was a complaint then as well. And uh, uh, I believe someone else had mentioned that, you know, certain facilities are going away or being combined with other smaller facilities in order to accommodate, um, you know, to make an income for one vendor, which I understand that. However... What I don't understand is the lack of chutzpah, uh, in going out because I know of multiple projects just within, um, within less than 10 miles of me that would make pretty sweet facilities if somebody will take the time to go look at them and, um, so I'm not real sure that that was brought up on um, the last meeting in oh Lordy, I'm wanting to say February. I'd have to go back and look at the notice. So that that is still a debate. So that you know, uh, other programs are not unique in the SLA having difficulty fulfilling that part of their duty. Um, another problem is. Uh, this has also been a complaint that um, when a facility becomes available rather than allowing someone who is economically challenged because their facility has been damaged by COVID or whatever um, have access to another facility, at least for temporary income until it can be assessed and put out for bid, um, there is like two or three humans in the program who seem to be the favored children for um, the placement of those um, type of facilities. And um, I I, I think, you know, um, I'm not saying that they're not qualified. That's by no means my intent. What I'm trying to indicate is that there are people who are hurting. And um, sometimes, uh, you know, if you know that someone with maybe a smaller facility has the ability and an extra human to take care of that facility and can definitely use the money, that they be considered first before um, the certain other humans... You know, and that's just an observation. Like I said, I, I have no dog in this fight. I have nothing against the people for whom this is going on, but it's an observation. And the question was, do I see, you know, improvements or problems in the program? And I consider that a big problem. Other than that, I mean, as far as the educational side of it, I think at least as of the, when I went through six years ago, I thought it was pretty solid. I'm assuming that they're, they're doing the same type of, uh, program that I did. And, uh, it's, it's pretty thorough. And, uh, I know Amber had had the question on, uh, I think it was last night's call about math. And, uh, it is definitely business math, but it's your basic. I mean, as long as you can do decimals and, um, multiplication, division. Um, you know, it's all cool. You're not going to have to do the quadratic formula or, <laughs> figure out the um,
2: no, geometry. you know
4: the uh, circumference of a circle. However, I, I have to share a funny. I flipped over. I was watching a bit of a news thing, and somebody asked a guy about if he'd helped his son do do math, and he said, he said, "Why well, yes, yes, I do." He said, "Okay." He said, "Can you answer this question? How do you figure the circumference of a circle?" And he said, oh, that's easy. Pi times two times the radius. And I I think somebody Googled, the answer is pi times the radius square. Um, Square and times two are not the same thing. So I thought that was really interesting on a news organization. And the guy praised him for his answer. And I'm kind of sitting there going, that's sad. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. I think... I think I've definitely blathered enough. Was there, was there anything else, Scott, that I, I did not address adequately? No, you,
1: you did well. And, and Linda, I, 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 I'm I going to tell you this publicly. Um, I, I You and I have had some conversations, and I, I hear your voice for positivity and change and, and some things that are happening in your state. And uh, I encourage you to consider being on your committee in your state. I think you would be a huge asset and so I, I hope at some point, I know you have a lot going on with family, et cetera, but I hope you don't forget about taking a look at being on that committee because I, I think you would be a, an incredible asset. And uh, I, I just know that I'm blessed to know you,
4: so for sure. Well, thank you. And I feel the same about you guys. It, uh, it has definitely been a pleasure, and I have learned a whole lot. And it also is what kind of um, pushed me to, uh, to start paying attention. The committee of blind vendors, and uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of the people who know who I am. A lot of them don't. Uh, a lot of them know me as a bitchy lady, but even, that's not inaccurate. Um, I prefer to think of it as outspoken, but you know, um, I, you know, I don't mince words. It, it is what it is, and um, but yes, thank you for your encouragement. And I am, I am working on easing my way into. To more involvement with the, with the committee. Because they, right. they, it is a good group of people.
2: This is Sandy. Can I just say a little something else to uh, Miss Linda? Yeah,
1: absolutely,
2: Sandy. You, you don't have to dip your whole leg into the water for the committee. Just start with your toes. Attend the meetings. And I'm concerned about some of the stuff you said with... Since I'm the chairperson for Nebraska, I know we have bylaws. That might yes. be some of the paperwork that you might want to peruse because you have access to that as a vendor. Just to see, because uh, yes. for our interviews and appointing uh, new places and things like that, just because if they're not following what the bylaws are supposed to be, that can be a point of uh, discussion to start off with. Yes. Because yes, nothing needs to I, go right into a grievance. We can start with discussions. And
4: I try and to I encourage all of ours
2: to, uh, if you have a problem, no matter what, we're the watchdogs for the SLA is, is our job.
4: <laughs> well, and I, I appreciate the encouragement because I'm in one of the other organizations that I belong to. I am kind of the uh, constitution buster. Um, <laughs> okay. If that might right, I'm the one who finds it because I'm a picky thing. But uh, you know yeah. when it comes
2: to business, you have to do things the right way.
4: yeah, absolutely and that's you know it is on my list. I'm hoping when I stop feeling like death sure that uh that's on my list of uh, of reading material and um and I am doing like you suggested i I, I do attend the meetings um. I, I have not ventured into question asking as of yet. I'm there to to soak in yes. and learn the personalities. Mm-hmm. That's how I do. Um, so once I figure out who the movers and shakers are, who are the ones you don't want peeved at you? Right. Uh, and the ones that it doesn't matter. And I, I don't mean that in an ugly way, but there are people who carry more weight. I mean that's just the way it is.
2: Yep. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. So
4: it's uh, you know, I spend a good amount of time um studying studying the board. And uh it's uh it's a weird little thing. I've always I've been doing it since I was five, so um but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. At least I know I'm doing it correctly. So I appreciate yes. your encouragement.
2: Yes. Yes. Anytime. The, the other thing I'd like to make point of too is it would be nice if these smaller people could get a you know an extra hand up, but on the other hand, they have to want it. Unfortunately, we have a few in our state that they don't really want to try.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. And I'm not saying so. that that is not a part of it. <laughs> But unfortunately, there are some who would, but they're not offered. You know, that's okay, that's so the ones for mm-hmm. whom I'm speaking are the ones okay. who are never offered. Okay. And I, oh, yes, there are plenty of those, um, you know, the same people who are on the never ending unemployment. Right. Um, that, that well, why should I work? Um, I'm getting my money from the government. I, I make more money than you can pay me. Mm-hmm. That's why there's tons of jobs around. Yeah. It's just, uh, um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I've got to hire two people before September. Can't even get a bite. Yeah. So, um, but, um, you know, just another one of those yeehaw parts of the business. You do what you can do with what you got and hope for the best. And hope the people you do have are really willing to work some uh, overtime.
2: Yeah. yes, or to work hard mm-hmm. well,
4: there is a saying that a good
1: employee is worth his his or her weight in gold and that is so very true
2: yes
4: oh yeah, yeah and I have two right now that I wouldn't I wouldn't take a million dollars for yeah. George Clooney brought if he brought me that million dollar because I'd say, Now you take it home or you go put it in there you know, because you know, as much as I'd like to have that million dollars, these two people here are worth more to me yeah. than that million dollars. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Sandy, I don't remember, do you have employees? ah uh, I have my husband is my helper for the most part. They're the
1: uh, best employees.
2: <laughs> I said he's the cheapest employee I have. All I have to do is feed him.
4: <laughs> 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 and do I, I need did, to get him a t shirt that says we'll work for food. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Unfortunately I make him wear a little bit more of a uniform on base. <laughs> um, and then I've recently just temporarily for the summer hired a young gal. I'll be losing her in about three weeks. Cause she'll be going back to, college darn thing wants to go get an education um just because my husband's had some health issues and there's just some things you absolutely have to have visual assistance with and i cannot take any kind of a device no phone nothing i can i have an id mate and i have a digital magnifier and that's all i can take in to help me because it's such a high security place yeah um, it's, I, you know, nothing else is, is an option so a um, few things I definitely need help with but for the most part I do a lot of it on my own um, I can go after hours and on weekends and that's usually when I like to go in there the best so it's not extremely hard it just gets difficult sometimes with them um, things are coming up due but when were they going to expire get, right. they're getting busy enough now they don't need to worry about that so much i don't know about the rest of you but i've been a little hesitant it's like it's been growing and expanding and more of the people have come back into the building and i'm just so hesitant to order because you're just waiting for that foot to stop like mm, no we're closed tomorrow well crap
3: yeah because yeah.
2: <laughs> we threw so much away that first time around it's and i hate going shopping so it's like can i just buy for the month and just put it there and have it <laughs> so but yeah those are the uh, ones i have is uh it's my husband's the biggest helper i have my daughter can help for driving purposes and then this young lady just temporary for the summer because i needed to get some catch-up work done with my husband's health issues
1: yeah i know that 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 can be a huge issue right now is uh, employment trying to find someone that is willing, ready, and able to go to work. So I was curious what your
4: experience was with that. So, yeah, and it doesn't help if you're in a um, <clears throat> in a secure facility. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is San Do you do you have to have a badge? Are you yes, yes, I have tested and we're not um, tested background check.
2: Yes, definitely we had to be vetted. We have a pass to get on the base and there's a separate pass to enter the building.
4: Okay. I'm in the same scenario. Um, And there's key security checkpoints. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if those didn't exist, we could get done so much faster. (laughs) You have to go sit and call. And then when they decide that they're done, whatever they're doing, and 30 minutes later they come and Look at the gate and then maybe open it for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it um it adds an extra hour to anything that uh that you have to do because they I mean they have to search the vehicle and then you have to go through the explosive thing, and I call it the puffer, that thing's so evil. it's got the most hideous voice, and please exit now. <laughs> it's like, okay, is this like a Stephen King movie? I am mean,
0: <laughs> um,
4: just waiting for this thing to come down with the big tongs and, you know, skewer my head. But extricate you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um,
1: Sandy at, at your facility you're primarily doing vending machines?
2: Yes, I handle the vending machine side of things. We have 22 break rooms. I have 42 machines. I actually cut out four of their break rooms during and after the pandemic started. Because fortunately, you know, we do want um, StratCom to still operate no matter what. Right. Uh, So I did have about 500 people to still service, but I did shut down several of the machines because it was just silly to have everything just so not cost effective definitely and um, it's not bad once you get into the I laugh at everyone new because they get turned around in the building and it's like ask the blind person I'll tell you where to go <laughs> um, I love when newbies come in and you can just tell there's they're just turning around and it's like can I help you find something <laughs>
4: yeah
2: um, But, yeah, I just do the vending. I share storage with our cafeteria only because the military and their infinite wisdom thought we were one permit. Mm -hmm. So they provided me no storage. And at first we shared this one room. And it's like, well, that worked at first while they were gradually bringing people in. And now I have a 10 by 15 square dog kennel in this storeroom area that is put up because it can be freestanding and nothing's mounted to anything. Um, but that way I can lock my products because they have employees not saying there's not a trust issue, but it's better. You know, someone really wants it. They're going to get in no matter what you do.
3: Right.
2: Um, and I still need more room now that the because the building was just getting started before the pandemic hit. I think they had most of the people in so I didn't really have a whole grasp on how much product I would need and all that stuff so you know it started to hit me now that it they've all gotten back in there. I mean still there's some uh, might work at home for 2 or 3 days and then come in and you know things like that but there's still a lot of people In this facility that I didn't have this whole past year and a half to accommodate for. I wish I had more room. And I had to argue about my 10 by 15 space with the head chef at that time. Well, can you get away with smaller? No. Well, you're going to have to. No. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's quite a bit. And taking out some of those machines that are just in areas... Really, if any of you really went not it, they have too many break rooms. They really don't need as many as they have. So, you know, unfortunately, we were able to alter the permit and remove uh, four full rooms. But there's just two machines in each room. We there's no way you can them. put
3: any storage in the um, break rooms.
2: No. Oh, okay. They have doors. They have rooms. It's the military being stubborn. Of course, they told me I was more than welcome to share the storeroom with the cleaning company, which is Goodwill. Um, But I'm kind of like, no, chemicals and food cannot be in the same room. Sorry. So, uh, no, it's just them refusing to relook at things because there's plenty of rooms that could be used on each floor. I just had one room on each floor. I have five floors. It would be so much easier, but no. It's one of those things you just smile and go, oh, okay.
1: Oh, well, yes. Uh, Linda, I don't remember.
4: Do you have storage uh, in facility? I do. Um, I have a, uh, a large storage area, um, which also has a, a climate-controlled storeroom just off of it. Um, where I have, let's say one, two, three, four, four freezer, no, five freezers, two refrigerators. And, um, the, uh, the climate control area has got uh, all the shelving in it where I keep my candy and my pastries. And then, um, the, the front part is, let's say, um, I'm terrible at, at guesstimating, but I'm I'm gonna conservatively say about 30 feet from east to west, and about 15 north to south, and that's where um, where all my soda and monsters and um, all of that is. So yeah, they they've been very good. They even uh, I fussed and they fixed me new lighting. I fussed, they put me in heat. I fussed, awesome. they put me in air conditioning. Mm. So apparently I found the right human to fuss at because, um, I cannot complain, um, on that part. Now, inside the protected area, not so good, but at least outside the protected area, yes, I, I have plenty of space and I can load the truck up, truck up before I go into the protected area and, um, it's it's nice. I, I have to give them credit. They treat, they treat us pretty well. That's good. Especially my son because he's a dude. But you know. Does anybody have any questions
1: for our panelists? We've talked about a few different aspects of their businesses.
3: I would like to ask, what do you think is the biggest challenge um, for you guys? And I don't know it's, if it's different for um, male vendors or not, but just what do you feel is the biggest challenge that you are having? Just off the bat, I'd say supply.
2: supply chain but no um, as far as a female aspect of um, most difficult is I don't feel that I have one Um, they're either status quo and I know how to handle it and just go on Um, but if there becomes an issue I'm not one to hesitate to start a conversation I'll try to start a conversation and handle it myself before going to my SLA as my support,
4: I have to. I have to oh. echo that. That's pretty much my same approach. Only difference is, I, I do uh, any correspondence I have with anybody with a little attitude. I copy and paste it to my SLA and let them know, so they can see exactly what's going on, what was said. Um, so that if the human with whom the conversation takes place decides to escalate something that is not, um, appropriate to escalate, that there is a, a record. Um, Absolutely. but yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm, I am one of those, uh, handle it myself kind of humans, um, as well.
0: So. Do, uh, Robert- you know, given given the recent, the past experiences with uh, the Me Too movement, have you, and I know both of you somewhat personally, I met both of you, and I know you got you very capable of handling yourself, but do you feel that a, a, could be a problem for a, a woman in uh, our, um, getting unwanted advances from either their customers or their building managers or their staff? <laughs> Is that oh, uh, oh, something that... Uh, uh, Maybe someone um, of lesser skill level than you what you have could be could be a deterrent to them coming into the program
4: I have to I have to I have to um, address that one about four months into my tenure. Um, I was in a building called Mods, and it's it's kind of the um uh, not sure how to explain it. I'm going to call it the blue collar. Uh, It's most of the pipe fitters, the carpenters, and so on. Mm -hmm. So I was in the process of um, loading uh, the ice cream machine, and it was extremely hot. And this guy comes in, and I turned around and said, Hey, I said, Would you be interested in some ice cream? I said, I've got some extra. Do you want to take it to your office? And I swear to God, no lie. He looked at me and he said, I have a girlfriend. Thank you. I always wait for you to give me crap. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do it with love, Linda. <laughs> well, I, I, obviously, I enjoy it,
0: or I, I wouldn't play along. <laughs> oh. That's right. Just stay away from those big generators. You, know, you don't want to get any more going than <laughs> what you are. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the hard part is to stay away from the
4: pretty, the pretty waterfall.
0: <laughs> yeah, no swimming. Yeah.
4: It's so soothing and everything. Um, <laughs> really hard to not go over there and, you know, like take a take a dip.
0: <laughs>
4: it is cool to watch the birds though play in the steam coming out of the the stacks. There's two stacks. And the birds will get and catch the uplift and it's so cool that they just glide. It's like they're at, you know, Birdie's theme park. Um, <laughs> yes. it's just, it is just so cool. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: you know, uh, uh, something I've never asked you, Linda, is um, when you were on site, have you ever had the radioactive alarms go off and you had to evacuate quick? Thankfully, no. Oh,
4: all right. Thankfully, no. Um, it, it is something you think about every time, you know, because after, uh, you know, when you're going and checking out, you go through the, the, the I always pronounce that thing wrong, the thermometer, the isometer, whatever. Anyway, the radiation checker. And um, when you go through it, it comes in and it gets clean. And uh, I'm just waiting for it to go, nasty, nasty. <laughs> it's
0: like, no, no, I don't want to be
4: attacked by the guards. No, I want to go home. No, nasty,
1: nasty dandy have you had any incidents at your facility that have made you wonder Hmm.
0: well
2: we haven't had any incidents but i did kind of have a second thought after we started doing some drills when they first opened the facility facility like armed intruders i'm kind of like oh i didn't think of that and then of course you think about it from my kids schools all the time and then there was Oh, the, the base itself uh, went on what its rating where they had to get into the parking lot of the building sometimes, depending on A, B, C, D, and I forget which direction it goes for, you know, DEF CON, whatever. Um, I got to thinking, you know, we had some issues in the past year with some other countries. It's like, wow, I could end up getting locked in here and not being able to go home.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
4: you don't want to go there
2: and then i'm thinking i've got to make contingencies for my daughter because she's in school and i'm on base and she was at that time you know 16 uh she's 17 and still doesn't like to stay home by herself if it's an overnight thing so i'm kind of like oh that was kind of a hmm and then one thing they do this is this is rather funny on weekends, when there's, you know, most of it's just security guards. They run their little games where one is considered, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, it. And they're running around the facility to see if they can be found with all their mm-hmm. little gadgets and all this stuff, you know. Well, I was loading, loading one time, and <laughs> and uh, break rooms are kind of like long galleys. They're not big square rooms. It's just a long galley. So one comes running through I go, "Oh, you're it today, huh?" He goes, "Yep." <laughs> okay (laughs) yeah we've seen them where they uh, finally get them and take them down and they don't do it gently you know they're taking them down like they're a real intruder so yeah kind of like oh maybe I better think about that so fortunately no and I think if someone did come into uh, Stratcom that it would definitely be a very bad thing
0: No. Yeah, for sure yeah. Well, one thing I'd like to share with you is, uh, as you as you're recruiting other um, women into the program is over the years I've uh, hired a number of uh, women drivers for me and uh, one occasion once you're interviewing a gal and telling her about the prisons no nope, no way I'm not going near a prison I say, hey that's the person I want she's a she's a, she's likely you know a pretty honest person she didn't want to go near a prison then but several of them I had a Go into a five or ten minute dialogue to convince them that you're safe in there because we have escorts and cameras mm-hmm. all around. And you have mm-hmm. to actually get them in there a couple of times. Then they realize, hey, this isn't, you know, the inmates, as bad as you got a park company. They can't get near us and this and that. Right. And I did have one, one woman, she came into the prison first day and she says, I'm not coming back tomorrow. She said, I just don't like looking at those inmates.
2: That, yeah, that uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. With so that is here. something
0: you, you, as you recruit women into the program, you want to forewarn them that the prisons are relatively safe. I mean, there's there's no there's no safe even any place in this world. In the prison, uh, the high security, you're probably as safe there as any place else in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I would agree with that, Dan. Uh, I I too have a prison. I, I have three now, actually. But I know my my first uh, time during coming into the prison and, and learning the ropes is uh, I have a wonderful storeroom in this great big building. And I'm in the person of the building and the 14 foot overhead garage door to get stuff in there. And I've got, you know, they can wheel stuff right into my storeroom and I've got a big freezer unit, big wide access can wheel stuff right in there. So I'm kind of spoiled. It's pretty nice setup. But what they failed to tell me was right next to my storeroom is a training area where the guards go back and they train. Mm-hmm. Well, not knowing all of this, one day I hear this heck of a commotion and all I hear is blank you make me. And I keep oh. hearing this and I'm like, what is that? And I go out and find out that they're actually doing training on how to subdue an inmate. <laughs> so, <laughs> That would have been a good thing to know ahead of time. It was quite a shock. And that did make me think a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, if there's no more questions, if someone has a quick question, we can start wrapping up here. Well, I'll give the well, I'll... CE code here. And that is 61595. So that final CE code is 61595. And I'd like to thank our, our two panelists today. Uh, Sandy, Linda, You you were both great uh inspirational you you do inspire me in my thinking and thank you for coming in and being so honest and sharing about your experiences in our program and uh it's been fantastic and i hope we can do this again
2: thanks for inviting me i appreciate the opportunity well yeah. oh, thank you and both I, so much
0: I'd, I'd like to thank it. you as well uh, sandy and linda just uh, very enlightening knowing that um you know, you can be as successful as anybody else. Uh, you, you know the barriers and you overcome them without, without any hesitation. And, uh, Rudy really are successful, uh, business people and that really is a, you know, big uh, applaud for, for you. And then uh, hopefully uh, your example will, um, you know, bring other, uh, females into our program because uh, and young ones so we can keep this program going for future generations.
3: Amber has a hand Thank up you. if you'd like to take it. So I wanted to ask, what is the membership cycle for RSVA? Like, when is it, when is it a good time to join? You can join any time because you're put immediately on the vendor scope list. But as far as counting for um, ACB membership and so forth, uh, membership dues are due every January. Okay, so then it might just be a good idea for me to wait a few months and then join in January. Well, you receive the scope as a member. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. um, if you're just on our um, list, then you would not receive the vendor scope. Except uh, December, we send it out to everyone in our database. But if you're not in our database, then you wouldn't even get it then. So that's the only reason I encourage you. Because if you join now... Your membership would extend to the end of 2022 uh, because we, um, anybody that joins after the convention, you, you know, basically get your six months free, you know, because uh, we don't, um, you know, it's, you get joined right away. So Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. And you would uh, you would be a brand new member, so actually we do give a free year membership to brand new members if you've never been a member before. If you request that, yeah, if you request that, we do that to yeah. inspire um, younger people to get you know involved in RSVA. The price What's the rated.
0: process
3: for requesting that? Yes. Yeah, you just send an email to rsva at randolph org, and we can okay. check the database to see if you've been in before, which no, I know man. you have not.
1: So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to close out, but I'm going to mention one thing. Well, I've been mentioning Sagebrush and our convention in Buffalo, but the, the Tuesday night call-in, I, I believe Dan and I are working on trying to get someone from Crane National to come in in uh, August
0: uh yeah so, that, that's confirmed that is confirmed. That's confirmed. Enough,
1: okay fantastic so there you go we're getting it right from right from the source here they will be uh they will be sending us a rep from crane national uh in august and uh we're going to have uh, another tuesday night discussion so it's it's an intimate setting you get a chance to really ask those folks some in-depth questions about their equipment or or some of their programming or those kinds of things Uh, So I encourage you to keep looking for information coming out on that. And if there's a subject that you'd like us to approach, I'd love to hear about it myself. So um, please keep us in mind. But uh, with that, I'm going to say it's been a fantastic afternoon. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future.